2nd of November in the year 2000 was the last day all human beings lived on Earth. Since that day, the International Space Station has always had at least one astronaut on board. Welcome to Two Thirds Focus. Wait, oh, we don't need to clap. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being interrupted, you bastard. <laughs> And and apparently I'm alone because no one else wants to talk. No, but I, I was waiting for you to do it over. But if you want no, to, yeah, no, 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 do, do it, it over, do it over. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so so he can finish his cider. <laughs> fine, fine. Welcome to two thirds. Have we started yet, or is this just the way? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> it. I'm done. <laughs> and that spoils the whole surprise, I guess. <laughs> Dan is with us. And Hi, Dan. Hey. Else. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Very few people know my voice. You could have got away with it. Let's start again. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just mute Raz then. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. And... <laughs> and now I'm being hijacked. I don't like this episode. Well, I'm oh, not Steve. I can't quite manage it. I'm not, you know, I don't do this every week. Although I, I do remember where I am. <laughs> that, that helps. So how are you, Dan? I'm good, thank you very much. How's everyone else? I'm good. Not too good. bad. Good. Yeah. For those of you who can't see, Jan just nodded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I quickly added that I'm actually not doing too bad. No, I um, just got home from Barcelona. Yes, exactly. I had breakfast in a cafe in Barcelona with a nice um, piece of baguette with Iberico ham and tomato on it. <laughs> Stop me about that. Stop yeah. that. Stop that right now. Stop talking about the food yeah. that you had. No more you so had. after that, I had... <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, but um, yeah, I had a couple of... That's why we're... Um, well, for us, recording a day late. Um, I had a beautiful vacation, short vacation in Barcelona for a couple of days. And it was my first time um, seeing Barcelona in, well, April and while it was raining. Oh, because I thought you were going to say sober, so that's a good start. No, no, no hell no, it's vacation. <laughs> not, not sober. No, yeah, definitely not. Ask, do you still do the intermittent fasting thing? Um, I, I actually stopped doing it for this week, but I kind of... Because of the vacation? Because of the vacation, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just like, it's, it's not a vacation without, or it's not a, a Barcelona vacation without uh, Sangria de Cava. Fair enough. So, um, now that the wife and I went there and had a couple of wonderful days and learned so much new because, um, the, because of the bad weather, uh, we, when we arrived, I mean, the weather was okay for the first two days, but the third day it started raining. So we kind of did the bad weather program and visited a lot of museums and it's our fourth time in Barcelona. So we already seen like all the Gaudi stuff and all of that. So this time we went a little bit more into detail and there was some really interesting stuff. Um, we learned about the history and some of the buildings architecture they did in Barcelona. So um, yeah, it was great. Really the chocolate enjoyed museum. It. Excuse me? And the chocolate museum as well. Chocolate Museum, Chocolate Museum was great. It was really entertaining and uh, probably the best smelling museum I ever went to next to um, one of the great, um, how do you call it, uh, libraries <laughs> in London. But um, I think still still chocolate, chocolate wins over 
uh, books. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I thought you also said you went to the erotic museum or penis museum or whatever it was. No, erotic museum in Barcelona. Yeah. It oh, was quite interesting. It was it was actually not bad. There was some um, quite historical fun facts. It's I like thought a, it was part of the chocolate museum. I thought it was just one of the wings of the chocolate museum. It is. It is. Oh, okay. Totally is. Yeah. The, the, I think there were some references between the two. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, that that was also it was um, actually pretty interesting. It was not tasteless, like uh, because it was on the Ramblas, like the main touristy area. Uh, we were kind of uh, skeptical about it. But it was um, actually really nice and um, some really interesting historical facts in there. So they, they really um, put a lot of effort in. Like, I'm trying to not do any part. I'm trying not to laugh about the fact you said it was tasteless, and I was trying to work out if you're talking about the chocolate museum or the beans <laughs> museum. <laughs> well, I'll leave that one up for discussion. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to ask uh, what is a historical fact in the uh, erotic museum what can, what what can oh, fun facts curious about that fun facts like one of the one that the, one of the first porn that was actually filmed okay was okay. in yeah. barcelona uh, beginning okay. of the 1900s and it was um in it was from the well not from the spanish king but the spanish king ordered it to be filmed of course he did and the um yeah it was in the Chinese district and that was where all the art and everything happened in there and it was kind of like an artistic play he said and it was actually a priest <laughs> going on to a oh, woman and um, the reason <laughs> oh. that video still exists is because everything from the royal family is um, basically uh, kept, stored and kept stored, stored and kept exactly mm. and that's they, they say there were probably other others around that time but this is the only video and it, like not everybody could afford having a video shot. So um, they say that that was one of the first ones or the first one, <coughs> at least cool. that one on record. So that, I, I, I just thought it was a fun fact. That that's nothing you usually stumble upon to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Dep depends okay. on your Google search history. <laughs> I'm sorry, Raz, but speaking for the other two married men and myself, we have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. I, I, I guess I need to bring a shovel to this conversation at some point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Red, yeah. how's, how's you how's you, how's you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine. Um, tired, as, as always, because I've been, I realize now I've been working on the apartment for uh, one month. Uh, so... I'm done with the painting of the walls uh, after working uh, days and days uh, on those walls. They are finally done. And today I started working on the floors. So I removed the old uh, flooring. It was like uh, floating floors. I had to remove the nasty bits uh, underneath the, <laughs> the floating floors and replace it um, with um, two layers of insulation one for humidity one for noise and cushion so it's the, these two layers that you have to to put and tape to the the um, uh, concrete uh, basically mm. uh, so you're able to put the floating floors uh, on top of it so I'm at this stage in two rooms um, and, and it feels good because it, it smells like the end. Uh, I've been, I've been... The glue smells like the end? No, they're just like the feeling of 
being oh. almost oh. done. Okay. Like that, that kind of stuff. Because yeah, I'm done with the kitchen. I'm done with the um, bathroom. I'm done with the closets. I'm done uh, with all the walls, paint, small repairs, uh, fixing the electric stuff and everything. So all I need to do now is to change the, the floors of the two bedrooms and my workshop and I will fin- we will finally be able to move in and I can't wait uh, so yeah that's 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 where I'm at with the apartment uh, other than that I, I changed my sleeping pattern <laughs> I don't know if, if I talked about that in the podcast uh, in the, from from red to normal yeah from <laughs> from my usual uh pattern which was falling asleep between 2 a.m and 4 a.m and waking up around 9 ish uh and and being like tired all the day and not motivated uh, uh that much but doing the work anyway to waking up uh around 8 sometimes at 7 30 and Twice this week, six thirty, which is freaking early, yeah. uh, and and also going to bed way earlier than I used to. So falling asleep sleep around midnight, and it was weird for the past few days, uh, for the first few days, and now it feels actually great because I'm, I feel better. I'm more productive during the day. Um, I less, I, I spend less time behind my computer. Uh, I haven't uh, studied my computer for at least one week. So having a different sleeping pattern and being being able to enjoy the light of the day, uh, to be able to do more work in the apartment uh, or otherwise or elsewhere uh, is also great. So yeah, I I recommend to everyone to wake up early to have shit done. And, and uh, yeah, that's my week. Good. How about, what about you? Um, well, I can talk about my week if you like. Do you want me to talk about anything else or just my week to begin with? Or you can just start. Shall I introduce about myself or would you, I'll just keep No, rambling. no. People, no, 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 no. Yes, no, no, you no. probably should. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Um, right. Okay. Well, it's kind of all combined, really. So uh, I, my week was pretty much just spent at work and then uh, also at work at home in the evenings. Um, so my day job is I am a wood pusher. Um, wood I have, dealer, some would say? Well, no, a wood pusher. I'm definitely okay. a wood pusher. I'm, I work <laughs> for a shop that sells woodworking tools, machinery, and timber. Uh, we don't sell anything that anyone needs to survive. Um, and therefore, I, I have been known to liken my job to that of a drug dealer um, to make sure that your first taste there is enticing and that you want to come back again and again. Um, which I'm sure the company that I will not name will be really happy to hear me (laughs) mentioning on a public forum. Um, Let's just say that Mr. Hackshack gave me the nickname Dandles. Um, So, yeah, I I sell woodworking tools, machinery and timber, and um, I also enjoy woodworking and various other things in my, my time. Um, and so this week in this evening, not this evening, sorry, this week in the evenings, uh, I have been making, uh, various things, uh, on Monday actually, which was my day off. I made my mother-in-law a oversized strawberry planter to her size specifications, which I rabbited on about in my Instagram stories. 
nice. those of you who don't know me already will know just from this that I like to talk. Um, <laughs> and then I did actually at work this week, yes, no, day before yesterday, Tuesday, um, get two commissions through mm. work, which was Ooh. pretty cool. I had a, a guy um, come along who turned up and said, are you Dan? I said, yeah, in that kind of have I spoken to you before? Are you a customer of mine? Have I promised I'll do something and I haven't done it? Kind of look. Um, which does happen more often than you would think. And they were like, oh, I was in yesterday and someone said you do wood turning and you might be willing to turn some stuff for me. And I was like, well, what is it? And they basically what they're doing, um, they're being highly imaginative and recycling things into lamps. Um, which has never been done by anyone before or oh, yeah. ever advertised on TV. I think certainly British TV should go out of their way to make a series <laughs> about people getting things that were once useful and then using their imagination to make them into different kinds of lamps because there's not enough content of that on the television. <laughs> and if I um, missed it, that was dripping sarcasm. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, it, it depends on what it is, but I, I have a bit of a thing about... Making lack, lamps? Well, no, it's not so much that. It's more the lack of imagination. It's mm. like you've been gifted or you've bought or you've scavenged this thing, whatever it may be. And in this particular case, the guy's using musical instruments. Mm -hmm. And you look at it, And you look at the thing that someone built for one purpose and you think, I want to change the purpose of this. And the first thing that seems to come to everyone's mind is a lamp. And they don't go, well, let's come up with three or four different ideas and pick one that fits most. They just go lamp, light. Yes, I can screw a light bulb to this and put a wire through it. Yeah, I like that idea. And it just seems to get stuck. And, you know, no don't get me wrong. <laughs> But don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with lamps i'm not against lamps i'm not lampist it's just <laughs> it it just feels like they box themselves in with the the, the kind of creative mm. thing they kind of reach one step and they don't think oh do you know what maybe there's a whole ladder of options here they just kind of go oh yeah that's comfortable and stop so it's not mm. necessarily a challenge i don't know it just yeah so anyway this guy wanted me to make mm. some bases for him so he pretty much bought these wooden blanks and said can you just square them off and then put a little a little wiggle on them which is pretty much what he said i was like have you, have you got a drawing and an example so oh, i don't really mind just just put a shape on it what so, okay so i brought a couple home did my thing brought them back and showed them to him it's like yeah that's fantastic can you do me 12 more oh nice. okay okay so just yeah, all right so <laughs> A little bit of time, a um, little bit of turning time on each one, um, and it's paid work, so that's quite nice. And, um, you know, the, they, he, buy, he buys the wood from work, so I'm, I'm not taking work away from my business that I work for because um, it's not a service we offer. Yeah. And then the other person was someone who wanted some oak planks cut up into 30mm wide by 10mm thick strips. Okay. And he wanted 40 of them. Okay. I was like, I, why? <laughs> Don't ask questions. Just well, take the money. <laughs> he, he then started saying with, well, the customer would like, I was like, I, that's, that's as far as much information I need to know. I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Here's, yeah. here's the price. And he was like, yeah, I'm happy with that. So I spent last night pushing wood through the thicknesser and then through the bandsaw and then brought them in this morning and got paid. And that was very nice. 
Thank you very much. It's a fix. Yeah. What about you, Rasmus? What have you been up to? I I have been cuddling polar bears. That's not a job, though, is it? No. uh, It should be. be. I was just checking this wasn't a paid (laughs) occupation in Norway that you could cycle through and every every Norwegian at some point during the year had to make sure the polar bears felt loved and that you you just signed up for it. We have the army where you go to serve a year or you can cut the polar bears. I mean, it's it's about the same. Uh, No, I was visiting my dad up at Old Farm and helping him carry heavy logs around because he pulled down trees, uh, trees and then realized that, oh, I'm old and it's still winter up there. Let me wait for the kids to come up and they'll do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Oh, you were also like... doing magic tricks. You were levitating. <laughs> yeah, I haven't shared that. I'll, I'll probably post that on Instagram just after we record this. But I also had that uh, surprising moment where the... Um, it's we call it a timber scissor, like a pincher thing that with a handle that you can grab onto logs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, one of those. <laughs> uh, I, I I I used that to lift and manhandle some of the logs, but then of course I yanked heavily and the logs didn't follow, but the timber scissors did. So I fell ass over tits backwards, uh, and my brother who was holding the camera got a perfect moment of me being. Absolutely airborne, horizontally. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice pick. <laughs> yeah. Just right for Photoshop, then. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it looks like I'm heading through a wall or something. It's uh, amazing. I hate my brothers, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, and and today I've been making woodworking tools because that's people something need. That's something people need. That's the word. And using the power hammer to actually do forge welding and all of that. It's it's really fun. What kind of tool? Uh, Piol. A uh, spoke shave, kind of. Okay. Except Only one? different. Hmm? Only one? No, I made six. There you so go. When you say like in one. 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> that, no. that, that's what no. you're about to say, right? I mean, uh, it's 20 minutes, no big deal. <laughs> then I no, had enough. I, I did that, then I forged a knife, and that was four hours, and then I cleaned up a lot of shit and had to move things around into workshop. Still, damn, you're quick half day then yeah i mean i still have office things at either end so so the um the spoke shave that's not a spoke shave thing is it got a specific purpose uh yes and no it's used a lot in timber framing but okay you could you could also use it just to make bowls or chair divots and all that i was going to say is it is it used for making the chair bases because if they are then that's called a travisher uh, no, it's, I mean, it's specifically, it's not that. Uh, this okay. is something that's used a lot in traditional timber framing in Norway. Okay. And But it has, it does the same thing as a spoke shave. It's just... Is it, is it like a tighter curl and then two handles closer together? No. Okay. And uh, I have no, no idea what I, it is. I make basically a U-shape <laughs> and you have one big handle on top of it. Okay. So instead of the tanks coming towards you and being the, uh, having the handles on them, the tanks go straight up and you put a bit of wood on top of it and you wedge it and then you have more like a plane kind of motion. Oh, okay. So it's like a cabinet scraper, but with a, a bigger one with a handle on top. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Because normally with a cabinet scraper, it's a very thin piece of steel that you bend to to create yeah. your, your edge and then you use that. But there's, it's literally just a square or a round of metal, so there's nothing comfortable. So people end up putting like masking tape on it to make it comfortable. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, this is... I guess closer to looking like a draw knife. Right. Except okay. being curved. 
yeah it, it it's the viking it's the viking version of of a cabinet scraper it has to be big enough to be wielded as a weapon in case of emergency yeah yes of course like yeah, everything with fine. an edge here yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so made a bit of that and I, i'm just planning and preparing things for next week's jobs and ordering uh a small metric ton of steel of course i mean course not actually a metric ton as, I, as opposed probably... to the large metric ton <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a metric ton this is probably 300 kilos or something Okay. Oh, no, you, no, uh, I ordered more. Sorry, I probably ordered half a ton in total because I also drew up and made uh, and designed and got uh, the drawings made a central laser cutter for my new workbench and uh, shelving and all of that for my corner at the workshop. Oh, is this to add to all of the other metal that your friends will have to move the next time you move workshop? I, I just wanted to say, it's like, are, are you sure your friends are listening to that that have you moved the last time? Because I some still... of them might be leaving the country right now. Are you at least buying industrial wheels for this particular work? Uh, no, no, I will not be. Okay. Uh, but I did scale it down from three mil plates and wall thickness of the square tubing to two mil, which means that the whole thing in my jig should weigh... 300 kilos 250 kilos which is not that much okay okay nobody agrees with me but that's fine <laughs> dan you had a topic for us uh yeah i did did you forget no, <laughs> no I, didn't. I didn't forget i was just trying to think of a of a, a oh, really no. really good segue to use you just went have you got a topic bang well yeah like, because <clears throat> the, the conversation was getting uncomfortable for me oh sorry Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, so, so, so did you make a choice or did you make a sacrifice towards the um, conversation? No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, so um, I did discuss with the guys here uh, a little bit about. Um, basically, I, I emailed or messaged Rasmus earlier and I said, "Have you guys got a topic for this evening? Because if not, I've got one." And they were, and he was like, "No, we're not prepared at all. We don't even really know what we're doing." Yeah. Uh, this is all, oh, sorry. No, that, <laughs> People don't need to do, know that. Um, well, he could have said, "Who are you? What's going on?" Uh, <laughs> no. So the, the, sub, the subject for this evening, I I thought could be an interesting topic, um, was the concept of sacrifice. Um, and to be very specific about that, I don't mean killing a goat or chicken in the uh, workplace of Yan. Uh, in the lovely backdrop you had that I was mentioning earlier with the uh, the gothic wallpaper and the, the backlit red area with the candles. Exactly. Um, it, we, in the maker community and on podcasts and things, we hear quite a lot about people uh, sacrificing time and, and sacrificing opportunities because we've got to do this, that, and what, everything else. Um, and I think people can get a little bit lost between that word and the everyday word that, as Rasmus would say, muggles use, which is making a choice. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about the fact that particularly if let, let, let's take an example. I'll use me as an example because I like to talk about myself. <laughs> um, so I have my day job, which is woodworking adjacent. And I spend an awful lot of time imparting my passion and, and knowledge and wisdom and, and manliness and beard knowledge and everything else onto the unsuspecting public who are silly enough to say, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and I say, certainly. How long have you got for the answer? Um, but that, you know, I'm, I'm doing an awful, spending a lot of time selling them things and giving them knowledge when really what I want to be doing is in my workshop 
using all the things I'm selling them and building my own brand and my own business and making things and, and enjoying my stuff and um, then not having to deal with the general public. But sacrifices have to be made because that's what I'd love to be doing. But realistic, I have to pay a mortgage and bills and things. So I need the job that I know needs to work time. But if I want to build the other side of my business, you have to establish, first of all, if we're talking businessing, which isn't what I wanted to go down, but just for this example. Hmm. You, you know your goals and objectives. You know what you want to do. You know where you want to be. You know what you want to turn over a year or a month or whatever, or how many products you want to sell or where you want to be. But the reality of having a business, particularly if you're making things to sell, is you need time. So that time needs to come from somewhere. So if I want to have my day job, have a good relationship with my wife and build a business and be fit and healthy, I need to timetable things out and work out exactly right. Well, if I'm going to be here at this time, then obviously I can't use that for anything else. Or if I'm going to be here, I can't use that for anything else. So a large portion of the day is allotted to work. Obviously, then there's also time for sleep because I'm I'm not like to other what? people. Yeah, precisely, Red. Huh? Um, I'm not like other people where I can just say, hey, do you know what? I'll, I'll just do three hours sleep a night and I'll be good. Um, my colleagues at work will tell you I, I can get a little bit irritable if I've not eaten for half an hour, let alone not slept for a good portion of the night. Um, so that, that, you know, you have to factor in the sleep as well. And that takes out a huge chunk out of the 24-hour time period. Mm. Um, so... If you want to do a certain amount of other time for, for other things, whether that's building your own business or being fit and healthy or whatever else, you have to make the sacrifices. So I, I decided, for instance, and my wife's going to laugh when she listens to this, I decided to set my alarm to get up with my wife at six in the morning. And the concept being, although I don't need to leave the house until half past seven, that gives me time to get up do potentially 45 minutes to an hour workout in the morning so it's done for the day hmm. get ready make my lunch or you know pack my lunch up shower dress breakfast good to go you're out the door you've started the day and you've already achieved one of your goals towards being healthy you've then got the whole day where you're spending your time um working and then you come home in the evening and then this was where we we hit a snag recently because we don't have regular patterns of work so uh janie my wife might go to the gym of an evening or she'll be working late because she works for herself i'll be home fairly regularly and i was finding that i was spending up to an hour and a half just scrolling through various social media whilst i was waiting for a response to a message to when are you going to be home so i can cook dinner because i want to know what time period i've got to go and work in the workshop mm. um so that you know that's a waste of time realistically isn't it an hour and a half spent on various social media so the sacrifice i made was speaking to my wife and saying can we just set a dinner time of 8 p.m every night so rather than oh i'm hungry now i want to eat now at six or half five or whatever the time was and oh but you know juggling time round, the sacrifice was 8 p.m is the dinner time up until that point depending on when you get home, that time is to be used however you like. And then that meant I could workshop time or I can whatever else needed to be done. That was the portion of time. But then 8 p.m. onwards, 
There's no admin to build a brand on social media. There's no, you know, anything other than spending time with my wife, having dinner together, talking about our day, maybe sit and watch some TV together and that kind of stuff. So it very, very long winded description for the topic. Um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of what I was thinking. It's, it's the, the sacrifices we make in order to achieve certain things and the ones that we make every day, even if it's subconsciously, and we may think of them more as choices rather than sacrifices. Mm -hmm. I, I think calling them sacrifices sort of brings into seriousness that you are prioritizing one thing over another. Yes. And like ju just saying like, oh, I chose to have a sandwich instead of a hot meal for lunch is not a big thing, but uh, you you sort of choose a simple meal instead of spending a lot of time cooking kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's also because, you know, what make a podcast would it be if we didn't talk about food? Um, you started. I did. Well, no, actually, I, did. I started <laughs> earlier when you were talking about the meal Jan was having. Um, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> as long as you can blame it on Jan, I'm happy. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but interesting you say that. So you've got, so you're making a choice between do you have a sandwich or you do have a cooked meal? Are you sacrificing a learning experience of cooking something you've not cooked before because mm. it's easier to have a sandwich? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a fair point. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is a fair point, but maybe you just want to have a sandwich. Maybe like yeah, cooking which, would be the sacrifice for having something you really want, which yeah, would be a absolutely, sandwich. <laughs> absolutely. And you can look at it both ways. And for those of you who don't know me and are listening to this and thinking, wow, Dan really overcomplicates things. Yes, I do. This is like my, my <laughs> default state on everything, just yeah. so you know. I think when it comes to like making choices and making sacrifices, it's, um, it's becoming a sacrifice if there's something else you want to do more than the thing you're supposed to do. So, for me, like making making a choice is basically well, how to say the red pill, the blue pill. Basically, it's like um, well, if I'm at the supermarket, am I gonna take the left aisle first or gonna take the right aisle first? Like this is a choice. A sacrifice is um, f am I gonna do something that is more fun or something that I should be doing to bring okay, me forward? Yeah. Humans are creatures of habit. Are you honestly telling me every time you walk into a supermarket, you choose which aisle you start in and you don't walk the same route every single time in your regular local supermarket? Oh, no. I know my um, shopping. I, I, I know my shopping notes. Yeah. And I know where every product in the supermarket is. Yeah. And I plan my tour accordingly to like the fastest road to get all of that stuff. Uh, sorry, I forgot German efficiency. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what happened? You know what happened two weeks ago? They switch products around. Those yeah. fuckers. You want to see a whole bunch of German raging going to the supermarket? <laughs> that was happened two weeks ago. There was a riot. People standing in front of like, the shopping. I also go like, but it was here. It was here just yesterday. <laughs> I think I I take your point though. I mean. But, from the point of view of sacrifice, absolutely, you have to you have to want something more than something else. Um, but okay, so uh, there is there is a maker friend of ours who is hopefully going to have a get together in the summer uh, at at their house, and he, he's put an invite out to a select group of people, uh, and me because I happen to be in the room. 
<laughs> and <laughs> that weekend at the time was going to be the day after I was due to see the Foo Fighters. Mm. Oh. Who I have wanted to see perform for quite a few years and has been on the bucket list for some time and we had tickets for. Ah oh, damn. Sorry to hear. Now that no 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 hey it it it's what happened. So you then got this choice. So you've spent money on something which you know will be a bucket list check where you will see people before songs that have meant quite a lot to you for a long period of time. Or you can go and spend some time with a bunch of friends which would never be repeated in exactly the same way at a personal invitation from that person and it's potentially going to cost the same money because you've got travel expenses and whatever to go and see them yeah. mm-hmm. now okay you've pre-committed to the Foo Fighters but at the same time you can listen to their music at any point in time on Spotify and you could go and visit them in another country at a different gig which might be easier to get tickets if you wanted to if that's truly my thing of oh i desperately wanted to see them that much they have performed over the years in other places but i've just kind of gone i don't really want to pay that much to go and see them Hmm. so in that situation is it a choice or a sacrifice okay you can argue it's making a choice but if i'd chosen Forget the tickets, forget going to see the the concert. I'm going to go and visit and spend that time with my friends at my friend's place. That would be a sacrifice. But that's a very different that's a very difficult thing to um to kind of make that decision on. And now, you know, it's easier to make because it wasn't just me, it was my wife as well. Yeah. And, oh, and, 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 and just... in that case, the, 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 but the answer is easy in that case. I mean happy wife, happy life. well she was just as torn that's the funny thing so unfortunately you know unfortunately the decision's been made for us because the tour's been cancelled and yes you know very sad about that Um, was it the drummer who died yes yeah Yeah. um so that decision's been made but that's the kind of thing that i'm talking about where um that's the big thing that's like the big sacrifice thing but then you have the much closer smaller thing which is um do i push my boundaries for let, let's take make a jenga make a central in a few weeks mm-hmm. do Thank i push my boundaries again. yeah do i push <laughs> my boundaries and actually start playing with epoxy and do an epoxy pour for a jenga block or do i stick my comfort zone and cut a nice piece of wood into the dimensions of a jenga block which would take me about three minutes i guess it depends on like how much time you have on hand no or... just look at the price of resin you're gonna go with ah you say look at the price of resin but you haven't seen the piece of wood i was going to cut up <laughs> okay <good. laughs> fair point but so speaking of that, i was thinking of like different density woods and you can glue them next to each other and you can change the balance point of make a jenga just to be really i think quite a few people have already done that I think quite a few people have already got mechanisms inside blocks and stuff. I don't, I'm, yeah, I I'm currently wondering how stable even the three layers will be because there's so many things <laughs> that are like rolling balls and stuff inside. I'm going to I'm going to set up a say, camera to watch that. Yeah, I will. Mm. I will say though that uh, the Janie uh, proved how evil her mind is the other night because I was struggling Ooh. to think of another make Jenga block, and she said, "Why don't you just take a normal piece of wood?" 
and glue sandpaper to all of the sides so that it grips and can't be pulled out. <laughs> why, why don't you and your wife each make a Jenga block and um, like use the two pieces of Velcro? <laughs> Basically, one, one coats it in one piece of Velcro and the other one of the like matching one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there, there, there are many things to be done, but it was just the, the way she just looked up and said it so simply as if it was obvious. And I was yeah, just, just like... like why oh, that's you... devious. Okay. <laughs> that is pretty and, evil. And you wonder why I don't like playing board games with you? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, oh, I feel like good. there's a lot of those sacrifices, though, to sort of uh, go back a half step, mm. that people make without even thinking about it. Yeah. Like, oh, you have a vision of being healthier, but then there's this other dish of dessert that you really want. Yeah, but see, I would argue that there's nothing wrong with that. You've just got to be prepared to make the future sacrifice that you need to lose some time to, if you want to burn the calories off or however yeah, yeah, you want yeah. to defeat that, that you, you, you've got to, yeah. That's, that's, that's sort of what I was getting at. That's the sort of eternal exchange of yeah. literally calories over time. <laughs> but it's 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 funny because uh, what it all like all those examples have in common is basically an allocation of time. That yeah. the biggest sacrifices or choices are bound to yeah. um, how you use your time instead of just having two subjects. Time's not constant, though, is it? It's not real, really. Yeah. <laughs> it only not applies. Sure. To, it only applies to people who actually have to stick to like dates and allocations of jobs. Yeah, exactly and, deadlines. <laughs> In fact, you know, if, if Rasmus didn't have a customer base, then he wouldn't need the calendar at all. True. Some people argue I don't use a calendar even if I need it. <laughs> no, he would still use it. He would just have to decide which computer game, games played in, in, like, in which order. Ah, but, but then now that's a whole different thing because time is a constant, you know, Elden Ring time versus like other time is a very different <laughs> time scale, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we we all know reason. we all know computer game time is not the same as as other time. Yeah, no, no, just reason, fifteen just more minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, which is why Call of Duty was so popular because the maximum length of time a standard game could last was ten minutes. Ah, oh. so a sing, single round of of team deathmatch on Call of Duty, any of the Call of Duty games, the maximum length that round could last was ten minutes. So and you could legitimately say oh, we'll be ten more minutes at the start of the match. <laughs> Um, that never happened, you know. You yeah, say gonna... it doesn't mean you, you only were ten more minutes because if you lost, you had to play another match. Of course, uh, and then if that was a draw, you had to play another match. Um, but yeah. But uh, red, what's how do you feel on sacrificing things? I guess I guess there's been a lot of that with the partner in a new flat now, and spending time there instead of doing business things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the two two things uh, about the introduction that Dan gave us about the topic, <clears throat> one was that work was a, um, a sacrifice. You have to you have to sacrifice part of your day to pay the bills and work. Um, I don't see that as a sacrifice. I see that as an obligation. For me, um, I, I make the distinction between choices, obligation, and sacrifice. Mm. Um, obligation is what you have to do. You have to eat, you have to breathe, you have to work to pay the bills, you have to do the stuff that you have to do because you have no other choice just to stay alive or not being kicked out of your house or 
stuff like that. Then you have the choices uh, as simple as do I get another piece of dessert because it's tempting, it looks delicious, but I will gain weight and I will have, have to lose it afterwards by putting more efforts or more time into working out during the, the next week or next month. So that's choices for me. That's my, my, my point of view. Sacrifices are for me um, investment. So let let me explain. Um, it's a difficult choice that you have to make, and usually it means that you have to give up on something that you that you want, that you love, that you uh, uh, value uh, uh, in, in any kind of way, shape, or form, in order to gain something else in the future. Um, so for me, it's an investment. You have to do this choice, this sacrifice, and again, choice or sacrifice, very close to each other. But you have to give up on something um, in order to gain something else later. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. As you write, with the apartment, I'm not working, I'm not producing video, I'm not shooting, I'm not editing, I'm not doing shit. So I don't get money um, by making stuff or selling stuff or, or producing video. But all the time, all the money, all the efforts that I am putting into this apartment means that I will be able to have a better workplace, so probably a better workflow, so probably better quality in my videos and maybe more views and more clients and more whatever. Um, and my family will be in, in a nice place, uh, safe and good for them. So it's, it's all the things that I sacrifice literally um, every day for the past months, or I've been sacrifice, sacrificing um, every day for the past months, is something that I will gain back in the upcoming weeks, months, so, so or it's, years. It's yeah. like a short-time sacrifice, but a long-time investment? It doesn't have to, it can be, yeah. It depends on, on, on the sacrifice itself. It's something that you, you can uh, give up. It's a, As you said, it's a small sacrifice of time for a long-term investment and, 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 and you will get something back in the future. It can take time, it can take years. Um, the better example I, I, I can give you in that case is um, after high school, people, some people choose to start working, make money, um, buy a car, buy a house, uh, be in the, in, in the real world, in the real life pretty quickly because mm -hmm. they don't like uh, school, they don't want to invest time, they don't want to sacrifice time for a, a degree, better um, wages at the end of the month and potentially better life. Doesn't mean it's always the case, but it can be. In the other, in, uh, on the other hand, some people sacrifice years of their life to get a degree, to gain knowledge, and that knowledge will lead them to potentially have a better job, more money, better life, etc., etc., which is not always the case. Ask mm. me how I know. Um, <laughs> it, 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 all come down, it all comes down to what you are willing to sacrifice in order to gain what you want to gain in life. Mm -hmm. 
And to, to sum it sum it up very quickly, for the past years I've been sacrifice, sacrificing uh, three or four things. It, it comes down to only three or four things. It's either money, mm -hmm. when you have, um, when you're working on a project, you have a job to do. Um, do you buy the stuff or do you make the stuff? That you need, that you want, it's it's sometimes easier to just buy it. It's quicker, but you have to sacrifice money. Uh, if you make it, it, it can take more time. It will save you money, but it will take more time, mm. obviously. Mm. So it can be money. It can be sleep, and that's what I've been um, giving up for the past few <laughs> decades. years. Uh, sorry, what? Decades? Not. Yeah. Okay. Decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. I, I was a bit. A, a bit optimistic. But yeah. Two. Probably the last two decades. Um, <laughs> so I'm. I'm trying to fix that right now. But it. It's. It's mainly that. And. And the. The. The reason is that being super busy during the day for work or for other things, I wasn't ready to give up on some me time at the end of the day. When the kid was asleep, when the wife was asleep, when all the work was done, I wanted to be able to have one or two hours for me in order to watch a movie because I'm a big uh, movie addict and, and TV mm. show and series addict. So I have to have my daily fix of, of theater, movies, spectacles, stories being told and actors being awesome and, and good direction, all, all that kind of stuff. So this me time was something I was not ready to give up. And therefore, I had to give up something else, which was sleep. Um, and the, the third or fourth thing was social life. The mm. time that you spend with other people. And um, when Dan was talking about this weekend of makers uh, being together and the choice that he had to make between going there or going to a concert that he's been willing to go for the past few years, that's also part of the deal. Do you spend time with people knowing that it will cost you money just to go there uh, a whole weekend to be there uh, back and forth and, and all the time and energy? What will we gain? What will you gain, gain in return? The gain is simple. It's social life. It's it's spending time with people that you love. In the best ca best case scenario, um, or just want to work with, or just want to meet, uh, just like uh, we are we'll do in Mega Central in the, in a few weeks. Um, but it's also. Yeah, it costs money, it costs time, it costs energy. But the gain is is so much more than this. So much more than just time, just energy and just money. That it's not even a sacrifice doing that choice because in that case, you're not giving up on something that you value more than the thing that you would gain. Um, so yeah, I'm going to show that now. But um, <laughs> it, it it's basically for me just that the, the, the choice... Is something really easy the sacrifice is really giving up on something that that it's dear to you valued by you uh in order to to uh 
gain something more than than just this equivalent of time, money, or energy. I, I, I really see a sacrifice as an investment in the future for yourself, for your business, for your family, for your friends, and, and, and so on and so on. I think it's very interesting, Red, because um, I think that's the, the point that I didn't raise, um, probably because I forgot about it or I hadn't considered it at the time, because who thinks things through this much? Um, you can only really determine whether or not it's a sacrifice if you know what your end goal is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So much like yourself, I was one of those people who, well, I'm not necessarily knowing the full part of the reason for your backstory, but, you know, I went to university, I got a degree because at that time I wanted to do a specific thing and I needed a degree. Mm -hmm. I got the degree. I did the specific thing for three years. Um, housing market collapsed thing meant I can't, I can't do that anymore. The job's gone. Yeah. Um, didn't react too well to that mm. for a good four or five weeks um, and then just started working on other things and over time realized that actually the job I'd worked hard to get and have the degree for, whilst the job itself, elements of it I really enjoyed, a lot of the other aspects of it I really didn't enjoy and I was not a nice person at the time. Yeah. And so I've never gone back to that job at all. Mm -hmm. But for a long time after that, I was kind of doing jobs, but I, I, my goal from a very young age had been to do the job I trained in in my degree. I mm. had no alternatives. Mm. So once that was taken away, it, it's taken me a huge amount of time to work out what my my target of future career path or, or whatever you want to call it has been. Um, yeah. And I've been, you know, I've been searching for quite some time, and it's only within the last four years that I probably worked out vaguely what it's going to be. So now I'm in a position where you now have to go, right, that's what I want. Mm. How do I get there? And, and, and it's been mentioned on Fools with Tools podcast, you need to know what your end point is before you can work backwards. I like the fact that yeah. you, you just said, I just figured out what it's going to be. Yeah. Because, um, no disrespect, but you're not 20 anymore. No, not at all. And and I'm I'm 45 right now, so having having at our age, the the idea that's it's gonna happen, it's still yep. it's still for us, reachable in the future, yep. is so enjoyable. I really like that because when you listen to students, for example, I've been teaching for years, and when they are 22, oh my my life is done. I've I've chosen my path, and and it's gonna be this and nothing else. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> your life is going to be changing in ways that you you can't even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've 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 trained. I've been to to college uh, after high school for more than ten years in order to get my PhD uh, because my end goal was to be a teacher in Japan. I reached that goal. That mm. was my my dream job i was in a p in a country that i loved i was doing the job that i love uh my wife was uh happy to live there because she was also passionate about uh japan and and, and she loved the life over there so we were super happy and fukushima happened so we had to take a to, to make a choice uh stay over there for the kids save his life and coming to coming back to france it was it was an easy choice, obviously, but uh, it took me, as as you said, Dan, 
a few, not weeks, but months, maybe years to just digest the idea that I was done living there. I was done working there and doing the job I've been sacrificing so much for years in order to reach uh, the posi position I was I was in. And now, as you, I'm, I'm, I, I've... I've been working really hard in the past years uh, to just figure out what will be the next step. And I'm working towards it right now, but I'm, it's not something that I can say that it's it's uh, reached yet because there is so much to do. Uh, even though my, my time is split between teaching and uh, making stuff, uh, it's still a work in progress and and I don't think you are ever able to say, okay, I'm down, I'm done now. My 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 position is secured. I'm okay. Uh, I mean, you can you can have that kind of job, but um, Raz is working for himself. Jan, you're in a company that is not in trouble, but kind of in trouble right now uh, as you said <laughs> deep last shit week yeah, yeah deep shit deep shit yeah, yeah well, let's, deep let's, shit. let's put it that way um and that just to like sum it up for, on my side is basically that oh shit moment what you said about it would well now with the company but for me it was when i was 14 i visited my family in santa barbara california mm -hmm. and my life goal at that point became because like being up in my grandparents house or like overlooking the whole Riviera of Santa Barbara like the ocean mm -hmm. and the town was for me my life goal was to move to Santa Barbara and live in a house that's like next to the beach yeah and yeah. I reached a goal when I was in the middle of like when I was 21 Damn, that's early that's efficient because I lost yeah yeah because I, I, I basically I no I I I did my apprenticeship. I moved over to the U.S. I worked one year in Connecticut, and then I moved over to Santa Barbara, California. Uh, I mean, it was for rent, but it was basically getting up on the, in the morning, um, walking out on the balcony, palm tree on the left, palm tree on the right, and the ocean in front of me. Hmm. And that was like what people might describe as the midlife crisis, because it, like, that was my life goal. And I was 21, and I was standing there like, shit, what am I going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, for now, like I, I lived that. So, so sorry. Mm -hmm. At that point, so I, at that point, you knew that you had reached your goal. When I was, was completely there. lost because I didn't know what to do next. Everything and, and, I worked for was yeah. to go to that exact moment. And when I and, reached it, I was just standing there and saying, "Okay, well, what am I gonna do now?" I had to completely redefine everything. Yeah. And being the freaking German that I was at the time, like even that I enjoyed living in the US it was of course being successful because everybody in California that like you have to earn money or you're nothing or like that whole when when you're young and this is like all you see on TV and everything so I just worked my ass off and ended up not enjoying the time um, there for the four years because all I did was working non-stop mm -hmm. and then I got back to Germany and it's like Dan said it's like now I kind of realize and, and that is one of Dan's maybe thanks to COVID um, is one of the things I realized is what's important to me. And that's mm -hmm. my wife because I'm married to my wife, not to my job and with yeah. everything that's going yeah. on. So everything I do, and this is for like trading or making choices, not in sacrifices. I will always choose spending time with my wife and spending time with friends over the work stuff. But this is something I, 
maybe five years ago I would have answered differently or at least mm. didn't know how to answer it. Yeah, quickly, um, you're absolutely right when I mentioned the, the three or four things that I, I was mm -hmm. uh, willing to sacrifice uh, for work or else. Um, I mentioned uh, sleep, money and, and so on and so on. At um, no point in my life I can consider that spending time with my wife or my kid is something that I'm able to sacrifice. That's that's something that is not arguable. I mean, no, but mm -hmm. it is true I for me because I yeah, lost I and, lost and relationships. You, right? I lost relationships because I chose work over the relationship. Yeah, and and so so yeah. Knowing knowing what you are willing to sacrifice is super important for me. Something else that you just said uh, kind of triggers me because you said in Santa Barbara at the time being successful what you wanted to be mm -hmm. uh, meant having money. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. I mean... Oh, I, I, know, I know that. Now, I, I didn't now, know that yeah, when yeah. I was just 21 sure. years old. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I understand because that's also something that has been sold to me. That, that idea that you need to be successful in life. Therefore, you need to make money. Um, I've, I quit my job. I was, I was earning a lot of money when I was teaching in Japan uh, because the salary yeah. uh, in Tokyo oh, teachers are paid well are yeah. good yeah they are mm -hmm. very well paid especially in Tokyo um, I quit my job I took my wife I took my kid came back to France was an unemployed for more than two years before I, I created my my small business that I'm still trying to to make grow uh I consider myself as super successful. I don't have money. Sure. I don't fucking care. I would love to have more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would love to have more because instead of, of working on, on a, a small apartment, I would be working on a big house and I would have a dedicated workshop just for woodworking, another one just for metalworking. I would have a big forge and I would have a huge room to do my leatherwork. I would super love that but that's not what makes me happy what makes me happy is just being able to have my wife my kid and doing what i love so in that sense i'm super successful with my life and if i i, I was to die tomorrow and I, w i would be in my deathbed on my deathbed i would be like oh shit i'm broke as fuck I don't give a fuck, to be honest. You you don't bring your money into the cemetery. You don't die rich. Yeah. You just die. So yep. you are successful by the thing that you accomplished, by your family, by your friends. And if sacrificing um, your family, your friends, your time, your health means making more money i don't want money i don't care i i it, it's it's uh i've always said to my wife from the first day that i meet her i prefer a shitty life than a stupid life and for me a stupid life is just spending your life trying to be successful making money make no sense to me uh yeah that yeah that's yeah, hunting hunting life instead of living it there's a yeah. um 
I'm just going to jump in here mostly to stop Raz from saying anything because he speaks too much on <laughs> this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, I, I watched, and obviously you can listen to it as well, Mo- Michael Rosenbaum from uh, the Smallville TV series. He played uh, Lex Luthor. Oh, he has yeah. a pod- podcast called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Oh. Um, which is quite interesting because he interviews a lot of people from TV series such as Nathan Fillion and he has done one with Tom Welling who played Superman Jr. in Smallville etc but he interviewed the actor whose name I can't remember who played Reacher in the Reacher TV series that recently came out on Amazon which if you haven't watched is very close to the books and is in no way related whatsoever to the Tom Cruise films. Mm-hmm. Um, for starters, the guy is actually over six foot tall and looks like he could break down walls, which is uh, pretty much Alan, the only description. Alan Richardson? Yes. Um, now, Alan Richardson, who it turns out is actually quite successful in the Hollywood world. He's done a lot of uh, script writing, producing, directing, acting, etc., etc. And that podcast is really interesting to watch and listen to. Um, I will give you a trigger warning notice beforehand. He does talk about suicide attempts and things like that in that. But he talks about how, particularly in the acting world, but this can be transferable to all of us, the acting world, there's quite a clear goal, really, for most people, other than the fact you want to act. It's, oh, you want to win an Academy Award or you want to, you know, you want to have a successful career and success in acting is quite clearly defined and laid out, whether it's TV, film or whatever. Uh, there are certain things you can get. Um, and he said the problem was, was that he woke up one morning and realized he'd reached that goal. But no one ever tells you what you do after that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he reached that goal and he was like, I'm not even 50 yet. Like, what What do I do now? Um, and that led on to um, various other situations with him, which I won't spoil for you so you can, you can listen to the podcast. But I think, you know, both Jan and Red have mentioned that. It's that thing of if you've set yourself a goal and then particularly, Jan, you achieved that at 21. Yeah. And you went, oh, what do I do with the rest of my life now? <laughs> yeah. Um, Said another one. I have customers who mm-hmm. come in. We, we had a guy who, uh, four years ago, he walked through the door and he's, and we'd never seen him before. He lived 10 doors up the road and he says, um, well, none of you will understand this because you're not from England, particularly not from the Southwest, but he starts off every conversation with how beyond big boy. Um, that's his way of greeting any male in the local area but I can't do his accent you'll have to get Steve to do it for you Um, (laughs) Okay, he's he's what you would call a local character Mm. anyway so he walked in and he started talking to us as if we'd known him for 30 years and none of us knew him and he basically said I retired three weeks ago and my wife's already fed up with me being under her feet and I have no idea what to do so oh. I've looked around a little bit on the internet and I thought I might do some woodworking. And we were like, okay, what what do you want to do? You know, we've got quite a wide range of stuff here. Mm. So I thought I'd, you know, start at the beginning and just have a go making some chopping boards. Fairly standard beginner woodworker project, fine. So we said, okay. And so we, we showed him some wood and we talked him through different 
finishes that are food safe and this, that, and everything else. And um, he then said, oh, well, yeah, this is great, but I, I want to make, like, proper chopping boards. And we were like, what do you mean? He said, well, I want to do multi-laminate, and I want to do patterns, and I want to do all this crazy stuff. And we were like, well, rein it in a little bit. Uh. <laughs> like, just start with cutting and preparing wood and whatever. No, 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 I want to do this. Okay, well, you're going to need a bandsaw. You're going to need to go this. So he went away and he, he came back and he bought a machine and he bought all this stuff. And we, we, as is our case, tried to make him understand that, look, you're making a sizable investment or sacrifice of money and you don't know what the end result's going to look like. I said, no, that's fine. So he took all this stuff away and two days later came back with an end grain chopping board that we couldn't find the gaps between the pieces of wood wow oh and i looked at him and i just said out of interest what did you do before you retired and he said oh i spent 49 years fitting hardwood flooring <laughs> oh, so like uh, it was like a fishbone cutting board, huh? Yeah, yeah yes. This this guy who who comes in, who by his admission is, oh, I know nothing about woodworking, actually has a whole wealth of knowledge about compound cuts, how wood moves, how wood can be treated, how much pressure you can apply yeah. to it, how to glue it properly. All this kind of, he'd never played with hardwoods before other than hardwood flooring. So he'd never like planed or processed or cut anything, but he knew how it worked. Mm. But my point being was that he'd, he'd retired, you know, his goal was to retire. And then he did that. And then he was like, uh, what do I do now? And his wife said, look, go and find a hobby to do kind of thing. <laughs> and he said, well, I've got some hobbies. She said, well, just go and find something else to do. He now at 71 <laughs> has a very successful business building chopping boards and every time he makes a batch he tries to make them more and more complicated because he doesn't he gets bored he uh, knows that he could make and sell his standard three shapes but he doesn't want to do that within three weeks he'd made a full union jack chopping board where every single colored element of the union jack was a different color of wood so none of it was stained it was all cut it was all precise wow. it was all clamped it was i mean it was gorgeous um and he sold it to someone for like a, a wedding present or whatever. But he will then take it a step further and say, oh, yeah, but look at this. And he'll go to the end and he presses in the end and it's got a retractable um, knife hone for your kitchen knife yes. built into <laughs> the edge of the chopping board. Because, yes, it's pretty, but he wants it to be used. Uh, don't you hate that kind of people? He, he's kind me? of the guy you can't hate. You you meet oh, him that's even and, worse. and you you just can't hate him. <laughs> he's just too nice, and uh, you know he's got a lot of really good stories and a great sense of humour. But I was chatting to him today, and he was saying, he said, "This is crazy." He said, "The thing is, this is now building into a business again." He said, "I never intended it to." He said, "This mm. was just a way of me keeping out of her hair and having something to do." And this was, you know, and the problem was is that he never set a new goal. Yeah, he just ran with it. It's happened. Mm. So you, you've kind of got the, the two aspects of it of well, if you have a goal and you reach it and you've not planned what happens afterwards, you can be lost for a little while. Mm. But even if you've planned, if you, or you can 
step into something else and if you haven't set a goal then you're kind of just swimming in the water and because that's what happened to me you know i i spent a number of because we've got to turn around to me again um i spent a a little while just (laughs) doing different things after i'd I'd left the job that i'd I'd done with the degree and just thinking oh this is my new thing and then getting bored and going oh no i'm going to go over here now oh this is my new thing oh this this is better oh no wait a minute i'm working in an office this is tedious (laughs) so could you could you just go through that list because I <laughs> I think I only know that you were uh, building guitars yeah. so he was uh, a doorman uh, <laughs> oh, you ruined the possible joke <laughs> sorry uh, I never worked in a bar uh, or in a kitchen I was never a chef um, uh, so a little bit of I, thing. no so my, my degree was in archaeology so I was uh, I was qualified technically still am a qualified archaeologist uh, for three years, specialising in the British Iron Age, uh, which is why when you guys uh, visited, or those of you who visited and came and had an ice cream, I was talking to some of you about how we were having an ice cream while sat on top of Europe's largest Iron Age hill fort, yeah, uh, I, which I, I also has a pub on the top. Um, so <laughs> it's a very good place to visit. Um, so that's what I that was my 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 intended career path. I wanted to do that since I was ten years old. Uh, and then after that, I drifted in and out of retail a little bit. Um, I did while I was at uni, actually, s- sidebar here, best job I ever had whilst at university for three years. I worked at Blockbuster video rental, uh, ten free rentals a week. We mm. sold we was a superstore, so we sold Hagendars and Ben and Jerry's as well as alcohol. Um, and I ran the night shifts on Friday and Saturday night because no one else wanted to. Uh, it was that's a recipe for disaster. Oh, it was brilliant. It was <laughs> We got on really well with the guys over the road who worked in Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, best job I ever had. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I've worked in retail on and off for quite a few years in my life as, you know, some people will sort of do waitressing or whatever. And I, I, I in effect, was a waiter of shops. Um and then I ended up in the building trade for a couple of years, working with my father-in-law and brother-in-law. Um, we actually did a few extensions and built one house completely from scratch. Uh, I did all the plastering with my father-in-law in that. I did all the plumbing for the whole thing, oh. uh, a lot of the carpentry, the bricklaying. I learned to do bricklaying at a night school course in order to help out with that. So lots of skills learned there which my wife still can't quite believe considering when we got married 15 years ago i could not put up a curtain rail to save my life at i was all. gonna ask yeah <laughs> I, I honestly i had no hand skills at all i was i i was quite excited when we got married because it was like oh i can buy like a drill and like hammers and stuff and my wife was like no i'll just ask my dad to do it <laughs> which was so emasculating straight away as the new husband uh, mm. but I, you know i didn't give up on that i did take three hours to put up one curtain rail and swear quite a lot and there were a lot of holes in the wall but you know it's a learning experience and it's still up and it's well i assume so it's in the old house <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh builder for a few years and then the company kind of went under and so i used my degree to get a job in the civil service uh, working in uh, the hydrographic office where they chart the ocean and the ocean floor. Um, 
which is kind of like making maps of the land, but, you know, all of the wet bits are the important bits and you write all of the information on the landy bits and you're not so worried about what's on those. And I did that for three or four years, ended up actually working in their learning and development team and providing training for people and gathering training for people. So did an awful lot of courses on public speaking and how to deal with groups of people and all that kind of thing and how to dominate the conversation when you've got three or four other people around you. <laughs> um, an expert at that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I, uh, yeah, and then I discovered sort of, I quite enjoyed woodworking as a hobby while I was there. And Janie bought me a one day with Ben Crow from Crimson Guitars. And I went and I took, I was making three string cigar box and oil can guitars at the time. And I took a couple along to show him. Uh, very nervously and he quite liked the look of them and uh, before I left on the day I said well here's a box for you to keep and uh, just let me know when you want to give me a job and kind of walked out (laughs) and two weeks later on a Saturday evening about half nine at night I got an email saying that he would like to invite me in for an interview to be his personal um, apprentice Oh, and I nearly burst great. into tears, and it was at that point I realised how much I hated working in an office. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is where the sacrifice bit comes in. I moved. We were moving to the house we're in now, where we had specifically moved to to be closer to reduce my commute for the office job. And from here to working for Crimson Guitars is an hour drive, mm. uh, whereas I just reduced my forty-minute drive to twenty minutes. So by doing that, I extended the potential commute to uh, Crimson Guitars by an hour. Mm. I took a pay cut by two thirds, convincing myself that we'd still be able to cover the mortgage because I didn't factor in fuel and wear and tear on a vehicle. And I worked at Crimson Guitars for a year and absolutely loved most of it. There were always bits of any job that you're not going to enjoy. Yeah. Didn't think I'd learnt that much by the time I had to leave, and I had to leave just because of financial situation. Um, I left because I weren't wasn't covering the mortgage, and uh, I walked into where I now work, which is local to us. And uh, they said, "You all right? You're looking a bit down." I said, "Oh, I've got to find a new job because this isn't working." They were like, "Oh, well, we're looking for someone at the moment." I was like, oh, "Okay." They said, "Do you want to come in for an interview tomorrow morning?" I said. Uh, all right but it will have to be before work so i won't be able to like dress appropriately and do you want my cv or anything they're like yeah email it over later and i had a job interview that lasted about seven and a half minutes nice wow um and they said oh we'll let you know later on today and i got to work for eight o'clock start and at 10 o'clock that morning i had a phone call offering me the job um and that's where i've been ever since Mm mm-hmm um, so yeah, very brief potted history of of my randomness and why I suddenly have the ability to uh, two summers ago build an entire extension to my workshop in my evenings and yeah. o- over plan things about like oh the foundation's not right <laughs> and uh, I-, I was going to use you know I basically rebuilt my wood store as if I was building a house which is why the concrete block walls had to be properly done and the angle of the roofing. And I had to change that because of the concrete tiles. Yeah, we've, we've followed that inside story for quite some time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've got all of the footage for that sat on my computer. That um, you will edit at some point? I, I will at some point, but it's about 
it's a I, I don't know how many hours of footage it is, but I had to buy a new computer in order to be able to open the files. <laughs> my old okay. computer was not up to the task. And mm. I'm not going to lie, it's quite daunting looking at that much raw footage. Yeah. And I did joke with Owl's Hack Shack once that I really want to make the Michael Bay edit. Yeah. And and have the explosions and like the helicopter fly over with me <laughs> next to like a Miami sign and like with with like little action figure dolls of the guys from Bad Boys and that kind of stuff. Um which of course would be so much easier to edit that than it would be <laughs> oh, yeah. normal footage. Um but I I don't know that there was I also I came up with three different edit ideas. One was to do the full thing. Like, you know, you could portion it out or you could do two hour video or whatever. But my internet's not good enough to upload that. Just to put it into perspective, if I do a 10 minute video or a five minute video and I set this uploading overnight, it will take about three hours to upload that video off the Wi-Fi in, in my, mm. even mm. hardwired into the router. Then, so, then it sounds like you'll be better off actually taking a thumb drive yeah, exactly. You're just going to take it. Jamie Reader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably would, actually. Um, or, or taking the SSD um, to work. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, so the second edit I had as a thought was to really annoy people, um, which was to literally do, like, the first shot of what was there before um, and then about 15 seconds worth of build footage and then the completed project. Yeah. <laughs> So that whole thing of, but we want to see how it was made. Well, you have just very, very quickly. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Um, and, then, oh and then spend the rest of the video, me wandering around it and talking about how the pre project got bigger because I can't stick to guidelines. Do, do it backward to go better with the explosion. Show the finished product <laughs> and then just you can put in the explosions and just dismantle yeah. it piece by piece going yeah. back. <laughs> but the thing is, though, it's I, I have these random ideas for like YouTube videos like uh, I want, you know, I wanted to do, for instance, for Valentine's Day, I wanted, uh, this was two years ago, I wanted to do a video about almost doing like a Deadpool thing of, oh, you know, this would be the perfect video to watch with your, your wife or your girlfriend and all this kind of the whole trailer element. And I wanted to do a trailer. And then when the video comes out, it's about me and my love for my new bandsaw. Um, yeah. And it's just basically a bandsaw review, but it's for Valentine's Day and it's this kind of thing. So that I have the ideas, but then I just don't, make the time to do it mm. um because i don't plan the things out and so those are the things in my life that tend to get sacrificed more than others mm. it's like the really cool idea that i really want to do but you then oh, i don't have time for that and i just want to either put some content out or like i have done just don't put out anything for two years you have time you have time <laughs> it's just about structuring it I yeah, don't, I, I don't mean, have that's, time that's... to do it, but now I'm gonna watch two hours of YouTube videos. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly it. When people say I don't have time for this, no, you don't want to put your time into this. Yeah. Now, you are sacrificing your project, your idea, your idea for something else, because that's not what you want to invest in right now. So or that, more that, likely, Red, it's because I'm scared that it won't work. Why wouldn't it work? I mean, you 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 can't even know if you haven't tried. <laughs> because but, he's yeah, overthinking I mean, it. Oh, I know exactly where Dan's coming yeah. from. I know exactly where Dan's coming from. Yeah, you have, you have in your mind exactly what you want it to look like, but you try as hard as you can, because I've done this in the past, you can't get it there. And so 
you either release something that isn't quite what you wanted and you don't like it in the first place and so mm -hmm. you no matter what people say about the project you yeah. don't believe them or which is something that i need to work on to get over you just don't bother doing it at all because it's easier doing that than it is failing oh then let me, let me guess you you just started and then you like after five minutes of edits like i forgot to film that i did a pen mark there i need that <laughs> the whole project nope just scrap it scrap everything <laughs> no i'm not that bad actually two, okay. two things um i've stopped saying i don't have time um i i i started saying um i don't want to take the time or i'm not making the time um and it changed the way i've I've looked at my day, my project, the way I schedule things. Um, and, and so, yeah, you, maybe you should try it. Second, second things. So you're, you're shifting your focus? Not yet. Um, <laughs> but, but nice try. Um, <laughs> second thing, and, and lastly, as you said, you have, you have this idea of something perfect in your mind and that's something I'm, I'm, I'm fighting with all my strengths when people say, oh, the book was better than the movie. No, it was <laughs> not. It's something that you, it's the picture that you had, you had in mind that it's different than what you saw on screen. So it makes you think that the book was better because the book, you made it in your imagination mm -hmm. by yourself. So you, it can't be... The movie can't be better than what you imagine for yourself, obviously. doesn't mean that the product you will uh, end, it, end up with, the video that you will end up with, will not be good and people will not enjoy it. So just, just do it. Just get started. <laughs> you, you can't know before you've tried. And even if it is bad, it's, it's a learning experience. Absolutely. Always. So it's worth sacrifice, sacrificing, damn it. It's worth sacrificing some time to get what you want to get. To focus yeah. on something new. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 so what's yours, Raz? Um, I, I, it's, uh, mine is the newest video from That Works and Matt and Ilya. The You're Fucking Wrong? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which it's a slightly interesting experience to sort of I, I know that Ilya is like a treasure vault of knowledge mm. uh, but then I still go into the video thinking oh I know how to forge a knife I, I'm teaching this stuff and then of course he talks about whole other set of points that I have never considered before mm. uh, specifically the big thing that I got out of this time was how to forge in the plunge line on a Ricasso or from the Ricasso to the knife blade using no, no tools at all, just just a hammer. And that's mind blowing. So I tried that today mm -hmm. and it was so easy that I feel disgusted by myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, not, not all that easy. It took me a couple of like fiddling with it back and forth to get mm -hmm. it like happy with it. But I made a knife today that I was really happy about. And nice. it's completely nice. outside of my normal style of making knives. Uh, also, like, it's mono steel because I was cheating. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I was double cheating because I forgot to mention this earlier. 
yesterday I had the national broadcasting coming to do some filming Ooh. In, Ooh. in the workshop. Ooh. Uh, the weird thing was that they they were in and out in 20 minutes and I had like, I was like, oh, what, like, what, do you want me to forge something? I was like, yes, please, just hit something. And I was like, I can't do that. I need, I need a purpose for this. I was like, I can forge a knife. That will take me 20 minutes, roughly done. And they were like, yeah, we want to be out of here by then. I was like, well, okay, let me just start then. So I had four heats and I had to roughly forge a knife in four heats, which surprisingly, <laughs> I managed to make something that looked very much like a knife. That's cool. Um, and then I finished on, or continued with that today. Uh, so it's going to be on TV, and that uh, it's it's going to be what? I have no idea. You I have know? no idea what this is. Well, if they film twenty minutes of footage, we all know that he's going. He's not even going to be in the shot. There's going to be the hammer smashing some hot metal on the anvil no, for about they, fifteen they sp- seconds. Yeah, they, they spent twenty minutes, like twenty minutes in the forge. He f- he did like five minutes of actually filming things, and he was like twenty seconds there, then running to a different shot. 20 seconds there and doing all of that they yeah, asked me a couple of questions yeah. and then they ran off to the edge of the workshop and they did some interview with some of the other people and I have no idea what any of this is about uh, and <laughs> you don't, don't even know when it will be aired or anything? Maybe, no, I, 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 I think like this this is the weird thing because I, I didn't really get much of a warning, I didn't I just said <laughs> yes, you can show up uh, and they was like oh they, they we're doing this thing, it's like uh trying to get money something something blah 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 and i didn't really follow any of it it sounds like marketing things and political stuff but it's for the national broadcasting things and yada yada so i'm like sure you can come to film um and then they said something like oh yeah we'll we'll have the big reception of all of this in september and i'm like what what does that mean <laughs> and she was like oh we have to go <laughs> nice thank you yeah uh, anyway uh my my focus uh, I'll, I'll link it to video specifically, uh, but it's uh, the recent knife forging video from Elia, and he he's a treasure trove of knowledge, and he's worth listening to. Maybe especially if you think you know what you're doing. Nice, Dan. How about you? Oh, we're jumping straight to me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. The pressure. So, so the pressure. Yeah. Well, since I'm the guest, and um, you'll have to edit this out, I'm going to choose three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't so, to make it awful. <laughs> oh no, that's that's a future goal is to be the longest ever make it awful uh, guest. Absolutely. I, I'm um, hoping at some point, honestly, that we can just chain Andy and Jamie to some as a couple of, couple of chairs for 24 hours and have rotating guests an hour each. So I, as as one of the things that I watch an awful lot of, I don't actually tend to watch a lot of making or makers videos or content necessarily. I tend to sort of keep that on Instagram, YouTube. I watch an awful lot of comedians and I'm fascinated with the way they may construct a joke or discern whether or not it's funny or not. So a series that hasn't been made in a little while, um, but is, I think worth watching on YouTube is Andrew Schultz's inside jokes. Um, and it's not for those of you who are easily offended um, because what they do is he gets together with a bunch of comedians all in America and they've had a meal together somewhere. But what they do is they deconstruct a joke that hasn't been working for them and try and work out why and how to rebuild it oh. to make it work. That's nice. So they each of them will have it. And there's various different jokes and some of them are like, 
okay, why did you think that was funny? Like that's that's like there's that's not borderline. That's stepped way over. But the way in which they assess and use their brains to assess it makes you suddenly realize how much goes into making good comedy and that it's not just someone stood up the front potentially being abusive or like picking on an ethnic group or whatever. So mm. I think even if even if you don't like his comedy, if you don't like anything he's done, you didn't like his Netflix special or whatever, it doesn't matter. Try watching Andrew Schultz's Inside Jokes on YouTube if you like comedy and if you like the kind of structure and the way things are built. I mean, he doesn't go into it in like a you know textbook way or anything, but it's just can be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, the second one is because uh, it's just fascinating to watch people like this on camera, is uh, Two Bears, One Cave with <laughs> Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer, because Burt Kreischer, if you don't know who he is, you will recognize him vaguely if you've not seen it. He is the guy who a number machine. of years ago came up with the machine story that was doing yes. the rounds on YouTube, and to this day is getting like millions of hits. It's It's a story that launched his career, well, I say launched his career, saved his career, and has he's now doing a movie based on it he, he's you know his career is made because of things that happened after that um again potentially offensive to some people so just pre-warning on it but both of them the interesting thing is the dynamic between them Bert Kreischer is completely he's born in Florida he's permanently drunk or stoned and he's just completely whatever but his marketing brain is something to behold. Like the way in which he announces that he's going to be in a place to do a tour, he will do things like he will spend $10,000 on all white tracksuits for him and his whole team to go to a chili eating contest so that they can turn up dressed as if they're like a boy band from the 90s and then film it but then turn up and discover that the chili eating contest finished three hours ago and there's now a wedding happening at that venue. And none of that's planned. So instead, they are ending up gate crashing a wedding whilst filming it, dressed in these white hoodies. Fortunately, the bride and groom recognize him and he ends up being in all the wedding photos. That's cool. what? And How that does was that work? Because he's no good at timekeeping or looking at dates. He was like, oh, we're going to go to this chili thing, but didn't remember what time it was, but knew where it was. And so that then obviously gets in the local paper and advertises. So people know he's there. So all of his concerts are sold out. All of his t concerts, all of his, you know, stadium tours are sold out. Because yeah. every time he goes to a new area, he does something, whether you want to call it a stunt or whatever you like, but from the point of view of guerrilla marketing, the stuff he does works. And it's just really interesting to see how a completely different sphere of... Um, performers or creators content creators whatever you want to call them the way in which they can work and the way they analyze and do the different things so that's two how far over time are we at the moment am i dragging it out enough or is it, uh... what's the full name of this thing uh, the second one the yeah. Bert Kreischer, uh, well, the Two Bears One Cave is the is the podcast that I've been watching a lot recently. He also does Bertcast, which is his own personal one. He's on quite a few different podcasts. Um, he's been on Joe Rogan a number of times. Yeah. Um, but if if you if you're not sure about it and you've never seen anything, like just just watch Bert Kreischer the Machine. Just type that into YouTube, <laughs> and, and you will get the the full understanding of the guy's early comedy going on from there. Um, I think I found it 
the full playlist of it on YouTube. Yeah, there's there's several hundred episodes of it, and yes. they they can be quite entertaining. I'll link to that and the Spotify link or something. I think. Yeah, and then the third one is actually a maker. Um, but if Jan wants to go first, because I've got to remember the guy's name. No <laughs> problem. <laughs> For me, it's the show one. Also a maker, um, and it's going to be Crafts with Ellen. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah, because Ellen is actually teaching a sewing class at Maker Central. Yes. And I'm really much, very much looking forward to this one and also, of course, seeing her again. So, yeah. yeah. I just saw her, like she, she, she mentioned on um, her Instagram story that she's going to give that course. And I was really, really happy about that. So slots are going to be limited. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up, people. Yeah. Good okay, chat. my my final one. Uh, where we go, chat. There it is. I'll put the link in for you there, Asmus. Um, yes. I had to, I had to for the final one have a wood turner on there. Uh, is a guy called Olivia Gomez, which I probably completely butchered his the pronunciation of his name. I don't know how long he's been turning. I would imagine a little while, but every now and then, I will see something from a wood turner. And it will be something I've not seen before. Everyone's seen people turn bowls. Everyone's oh, seen yeah, people yeah, turn Christmas trees and, and whatever else. But this guy, I, I don't know whether he's inventing techniques or he's just reusing them or he's just bringing them to the public eye. But most of what he does is a step out of the norm and is challenging and is kind of pushing things forward and makes you think, oh, I didn't know it could do that. Oh, how do we do this? So a good one to link to, Raz, would be the, the one I mentioned before, where he's he's turning yeah. four cylinders into square bottles on a lathe. At the same time? At the same time. What? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it makes sense when you see it and think about it, but okay. you can't think about it being perfectly square bottles. But the, he he... Uh, what's the easy way of explaining it? He puts his four blanks into a jig that keeps them so that he's turning one outside Whoa. edge of the four cylinders at the yeah. same time. And then once so he's he gone so like far one... with that, he stops and he moves them around and does it again. And Yeah, so he, instead yeah. of making a flat side on the square bottle, he makes like a large concave shape yeah. on the side of the bottle. It's round. So you have like these four big radiuses on each side that makes it look square yeah okay does it make sense now? yeah no. but i'll watch it <laughs> watch the video it's it's, uh, it's yeah so he's he's got um yeah he's, he's either sort of a, a tyler bell of wood turning or he's got a secret book somewhere of old techniques that people haven't found for a long time and kind of yeah, it's that, just makes for something a bit different from just watching someone turn a bowl um yes. and makes people realizing that you know wood turning isn't just for youtubers and retired people oh. <laughs> my turn yep so i have two it's gonna be quick um the first one so one uh on tiktok and one on youtube uh the one on tiktok uh something i stumbled upon the other day because i was i was toasted and i just wanted to uh have a flat brain activity <laughs> um so i went on tiktok and i stumbled upon this channel uh called by darren uh b-y-d-a-r-r-e-n um this guy uh only posts 
one kind of video. You all know the the song "Money for Nothing" uh, mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Dire Straits, right? So he's only yeah. posting uh, short clips of movies with this, this movie m- music and uh, saying uh, that this particular music makes every uh, movie better. And he's right. And he's right. It works with every single movie he's been posting. Twilight. I, I, tw- I, I, watch it. Go watch it. It, it <laughs> okay, works. Okay. It works uh, with every single link. movie. Yeah, yeah. I, it I, it, I, I it does. It, there's some great shots. I've seen it as well. And yeah. he, he manages to pick those scenes where you're like, this won't work. Oh, no, that works. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that works. Every that really movie. works. That's yeah. absolutely okay. brilliant. Okay. Um, and the second one is on YouTube. That's something I uh, really enjoy uh, because I like all the uh, mechanism and the, yeah, the, the thingy. Uh, probably mentioned it uh, already, uh, but it's a channel called Perpetual Useless on YouTube. Perpetual it's mainly kinetic art, um, and there is a video uh, 18 hours ago uh, called Auspicious Messenger. It's absolutely beautiful. Is if you like mechanic, if you like kinetic oh. art, if you like. Um, things moving uh, smoothly and beautifully go watch that video i like it nice when you I say kinetic art do you are you talking about the kind of ivan Ilya motion sculptures or are you talking large canvas paint can with a hole in the bottom and being swung around uh no more mechanical working okay, cool. uh, I, flying stuff yeah just looking from stuff. this yeah. it seems like it's ivan island meets um barnaby dixon Oh, okay. If you say so. And Barnaby Dixon is going to be at Maker Central. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, oh nice. that's going to be good. He 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 also got a wicked, wicked mind for mechanical yeah. things. Yeah. And I would, I would just quite like to shake Dab Chick's claw. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not tear it off, though. No. Jan, nice. what about you? He did his already... Oh, we're done. Are you, you hungry? Anymore. Are you still watching at my dinner pictures? <laughs> <laughs> I might I might be in need of a second dinner soon. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting late already. Yeah. Then uh, Dan, tell people where they can stalk you and also mention your bevel. Okay, so I um I'm widely known on YouTube and on uh, Instagram as Wonky Workshop. So at Wonky Workshop, and my logo is a pair of dungarees and a beard, which, if you haven't watched any of my YouTube videos, will become apparent when you watch the video. Um, and I'm my sideliney business kind of wood turning thing that I'm trying to get started. Uh, Instagram is at Bevelwood UK. I'll double check that. <laughs> my brain just, I just best marketing own. ever yeah 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 it's brilliant isn't it I'm fantastic uh, it was because I wasn't fully focused oh, um, nice. only two thirds yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely no I'm, um, I'm three fourths actually today is it three fourths that's three yeah, quarters technically three quarters I, I guess I failed to intro it's, Never it's mind. been a long week <laughs> yeah uh, yes, Instagram. I was right. Instagram is uh, at Bevelwood UK. So B E V L W O O D UK. 
um, nice. and there's a website as well, but I'm, I'm that's that's just static jump to page at the moment. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you can find me at Rasmus Lowen and Lowen Spiritello and the whole podcast collectively. You can bother us about all of your big life decisions, sacrifices at two thirds focused on any of the mostly social things. And you can find me at Red Smith or the Red Smith everywhere on the social. Uh, yeah. Hey, a nerd inventor at nerdinventor.com or the other social medias. Yeah, I think the rest is already known. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're welcome. Sorry, I took over the podcast. No, well, no, that, it was that's great. why oh, you're that's, here. That's, that's, that's yeah. really <laughs> funny. That's the reason. Yeah. You, you guys just retired and just yeah. No, no, yeah. this was great. Thank you. Bye bye. It was good to be here. Thank you. Bye. Bye.